0: Hello, and welcome to Gaming Broadcast. I'm your host, Jamie Dale, the main broad over at GamingBroadly.com, and today we are wrapping up our series on violence in video games. Uh, humorously, we're wrapping up the conversation with no video games. We're actually going to do in-person games, uh, It's specifically sports games, and more specifically Rugby. Today I'm joined by two members of the Tulane University Women's Rugby Club, which is the third ranked rugby team uh, in in the country. So that's that's pretty cool. And they're over at Tulane, which is in New Orleans, and I'm with Emma and Haley. Do you all want to say hello and introduce your wonderful selves? I'm Haley.
1: I was waiting to see who would go first. I'm Haley Alexander. I'm originally from Bellevue, Washington, and I'm now a senior at Tulane University. I'm getting my master's in public health uh, as well as being a senior. So exciting. I'm here for another year. And I'm also the president of the Tulane University Women's Rugby Club.
2: Yeah, and I'm Emma Peterson, and I'm originally from Northern California. I'm, I'm a graduate student currently at Tulane University. I'm getting my master's in English, and I just play for the rugby club. I'm not a part of the administrative process.
0: You're the you're the meat the meat of the organization.
2: Yeah, that's what I like. To myself. <laughs>
0: um, so I'm just going to jump right in with like, what is what is rugby? Tell me about rugby.
2: So we were discussing this earlier and we're not exactly sure how to put it because I like to refer to it as the love child between soccer and football. But I think it's a lot more complicated than that. Perhaps there's a lot more rules, uh, which we call laws.
1: It's also a very refined game. If you watch rugby, you originally think, wow, this is some sort of chaos, but it's very refined and people follow the rules and you refer to the referee as the sir. So it's surprisingly formal for people running around in <laughs> short shorts. <laughs> that's
0: like very true. Is it from, does it come from the U.S.?
1: Where does it come from? No, the U.S. cannot be attributed for this greatness. <laughs> it's actually from the U.K., I think.
2: say England, I think so.
0: Maybe that's where the sirs come from probably like very very formal
2: <laughs> the rules are laws it seems more uk-ish so
0: <laughs> um so rugby it's uh, from an outsider's perspective it looks like a bunch of people chasing after a ball that is larger than if a regular football is that right like a little more cylindrical and you all like don't have padding or anything and it's a lot of similarly trying to get the ball to like the other end of the field but with a lot more physical contact involved.
1: I would say that's pretty correct. Um, I think ball size. I would think if a football was allergic to bees and got stung by a bee, this is what <laughs> you would end up with. Um, hence, it's a little more rounded. And something that's really important about rugby is that the ball always moves backwards. Oh, interesting. What do you, what do you mean backwards? So if you pass forward, that's a penalty. Um, so you have to pass behind you to the other players and they should be running at speed so that you can actually gain ground. And the only way that the ball can move forward is if you kick it. So that's, what's confusing for most people who have never seen rugby before, because it's very counterintuitive to any other sport.
0: I mean, I have I, I don't know any sport that you actually move backwards to go forwards other than moonwalking. Maybe. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I feel like that's what most people get confused by because, for instance, there was a time when my parents were standing on the sidelines watching us play and there was another parent there and he got so mad at the team. He was so frustrated. He's like, why do they keep passing backwards? Like, that's so dumb. And no, it's part of the game. That's part of the rules. But um, yeah, I think it's to make it last longer and to make it a little bit more difficult and more like strategic for the players to move the ball forward.
1: Interesting, so can you run forward with the ball also, or no, it's definitely preferred if you're running forward with the ball,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so running and kicking are the ways that it can get forward. Yes, and is that like kicking like you drop like you're holding the ball and you drop kick it or like it's on the ground and you kick
2: it? either. That works. We have different names. Like, you can drop kick it. You can just drop the ball and kick it. You know, it doesn't have to be a, just like a formal drop kick. Um, and we also have the grubber ball, which is when it's already on the ground and you just kick it.
0: But since it's a cylinder, it's not like a soccer ball where it ele- elegantly goes where you kick it to. Is that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, uh, that's a lot of the part of the problem with kicking is that it never goes exactly where you might want it to go. A lot more difficult to receive it on the other end
1: of the kick. Especially if it hits the ground, because then it starts wobbling all sorts of places and it really brings hand-eye coordination to the next level.
0: (laughs) And is it similar to football where someone has to be physically holding it when they cross over Um, into an area or can it be just like kicked into a goal for points, points
1: purposes, points wise for you to score a try, a try is actually the equivalent of a touchdown. Uh, It's five points, but rather than just entering the zone, you have to touch the ball down to the ground. Ah, And then um, what happens is if you want to kick, point you can kick directly through the posts and then that's a conversion wow that's so many words there's so many (laughs) words and they're so formal it's very interesting
0: (laughs) and throughout all of this uh people are able to tackle grab like wrestle the ball from you is Mm -hmm. that is that correct it's like a very like pulley pulley type of sport
2: yeah, all tackles pretty much are a free game, as long as it's not a high tackle. That's considered a personal penalty, I'm, and it can result in uh, either it's like a penalty, via kick, or, you know, uh, they get to start with the ball I'm for the team who was penalized. And then, or the high tackle, or, oh, the yellow cards, which we got a lot of last semester, actually. <laughs>
1: There's actually this great photo of Emma after she got a yellow card. And if you get a yellow card, you have to sit out of the game for 10 minutes. And so there's a photo of Emma on the sideline with this satanic stare in her face. (laughs) She's just looking at the field so angry that she can't be playing. And it is hilarious.
0: (laughs) And she's not playing because you like hurt someone in a way you weren't supposed to. Is that (laughs) that (laughs)
2: correct? It's not even necessarily that you hurt anyone, it's just that you did, you performed an illegal tackle, so you have to sit out of the game for 10 minutes, and your team has to play down that player for 10 minutes. Aw,
0: that's so yeah. sad. So so it's a huge uh, penalty for for unsafe forms of physical contact. It totally is. Would you say that it's more physical, because inf- I, I think probably in, in the U.S., a lot of, or Yeah, probably most people in the U.S. know football more than they would know rugby. Is it similar amounts of contact, less contact?
2: Um, I would argue that it's more in a sense because for football, there's like a lot of breaks and all that. So they always like pause, you know, somebody gets tackled and, you know, it's like the game pauses for a while while everyone sets up again to play. But for us, you tackle and the game still goes on. Like it's still like a fight for the for possession of the ball so we uh, just continue on there's almost no breaks in the entire game of rugby
0: and there's not a lot of that like in football there's it seems like there's a lot of two sides pushing against each other I'm imagining like do you know what I'm talking about like the yeah. two sides will face off and they're like ah and they're like pushing but it seems like with rugby there's a lot more running and tackling and rolling around on the ground
1: I
2: think it's like you know we They can, like, engage with each other when they don't have the ball even, like, in order to block other players or whatnot. Um, But for us, that's illegal. Like, you can't really do that. Um, And in some cases, it would be obstruction. And so then it's a penalty. Um,
0: Oh, interesting. So you can't, like, tackle anyone just if they don't have the ball.
1: Yeah, that would be illegal. So any,
2: like,
1: (laughs) right, right. Any form of contact is done surrounding the ball. If it's over the ball after someone gets tackled, if it's tackling the person with the ball, it all revolves around the ball. And then everyone else is just strategy.
0: Interesting. So it kind of has a lot of like wrestling elements to it then. <laughs> Speaking of like combining sports with each other, cause you do do some grappling.
1: It does. There's actually a big, uh, coordination now between jujitsu and rugby. And one of our coaches is actually a blue belt in jujitsu. And so she brings a lot of the grappling techniques and different theories from that and brings it onto the field. So rugby is definitely like an interdisciplinary sport where other things can help.
0: How did, how did you two get into, to rugby? How did you learn about it?
2: Um, Well, for me, it was in high school. I started my senior year of high school. um, And my parents were upset that I wasn't playing a sport at the time. I had just quit volleyball. And so they made me go to this clinic because it was a free clinic on a Saturday. And they were like, you can learn all about this sport. And I was not having it at the time. Um, I was super unhappy with their decision. And my mom made me get like the team paperwork and stuff before the clinic and all that. And I did the clinic. Ended up loving what I did and joined the team right away. And then the rest, I came here. I was super excited that we had a rugby team. Joined up right away and yeah.
0: Oh, lovely. so your parents knew about rugby already
2: sort of my brother had played a little bit because he did a project on the beginning of rugby as like a historical project um but my parents didn't know all that much about it but they knew it was like oh you could really get fit and active doing this (laughs) fit you to this (laughs) i was like i guess
1: (laughs) oh man Haley, what about you how did you get into it uh so my dad's australian And I grew up in my house watching rugby. I never really understood it, but I always thought it was an interesting sport and obviously a big fan of the Australian Wallabies. They're my team. Um, (laughs) But I came to college and i had always grown up playing different sports and running. And I sort of felt a little lost. I was like, I think I should probably play a sport in college. So I was walking around and I saw the rugby team trying to recruit people. And I was like, huh, yeah, I guess I'm going to try rugby. (laughs) and (laughs) I called both of my parents and I was like hey guys I just joined the rugby team and they're like you did what and I was like well you know I'm out of college now I may as well do my own thing and originally they were both a little confused and hesitant and then first my dad kind of came around and he was like wow I guess girls can play rugby this is cool (laughs) and then my mom came and watched a game, and after she watched the game, she's now been, like, the number one fan and loves coming to games and is totally engaged with it. So it's pretty awesome. Uh,
0: the, uh, moms, moms in rugby, they're quite quite a force to be reckoned with at uh, full disclosure to, to listeners that one of the coaches of the Tulane rugby team um, is my, my sister. And my mom tends to make these really long drives to go see your team play like several hours away. Um, just to scream on the sidelines.
1: Jan is definitely one of our favorite supporters. She's great.
0: <laughs> She's, she sits on the sides and, and kind of, uh, intermittently, like, gets really nervous and goes, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, and, like, screams, like, full throttle. It, like, switches very quickly between the two. <laughs> um, so so both of you were kind of into sports then prior to college, at least a little bit, or played them? Anyway. Yeah.
2: My household's definitely a very pro-sports household, so uh, we were always playing sports. We always had to be involved in something.
0: Not, not an option. Apparently,
2: no, not really. It was like on par with like going to school. I would argue.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the same with my family. You sort of get under the mindset that sports is life, and then I'm confused when I realize not everyone plays sports. I'm like, oh, what do they do with their time? <laughs> we record podcasts with with people who play sports. <laughs> it's great. There's so many other hobbies to have, and we're just completely blocked from them because all we can think about are sports and different types of sports and games.
0: <laughs> is, um, is rugby at Tulane, I guess, what is it like compared to other rugby teams that you've seen?
2: Huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say we tend to be, well, as a program, we tend to be a little bit on the smaller side. i um, not necessarily in numbers, but as people, um, so, because rugby can have like all varying body types, obviously you have bigger people, you have smaller people all over. But we're generally like considered a smaller team physically. Um,
1: Aw, that's so cute. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's that's what we love.
1: <laughs> we're small and mighty. Um, but what the I mighty mouse? Say, yes, um, being very involved with the administrative side of Tulane, I think. We go through a lot of the same successes and failures as do other club teams because we're not a varsity sport. So we do get funding from the university, but we're not fully funded from the university. Um, and it's also sort of, it's a blessing and a curse. We get our own autonomy. So it's really up to us what we want to make this team. Uh, originally, it started out just as a very fun team. And soon after that, we realized, oh, we can get very competitive. So We did that, and I think within most rugby teams, there's a very big community that is formed, and our team is really like a family, and I think that's very similar across the board for other rugby teams.
0: The team that that bleeds together stays together. Exactly. (laughs) There's
1: a phrase that's printed on a lot of t-shirts which just says, Give blood, play rugby. (laughs) We've all done it.
0: (laughs) Voluntarily and involuntarily, I assume.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Wow. So do you all play against other, I guess, varsity means like more fully funded by the university. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And so the whole breakdown of like varsity versus club sports with rugby is very confusing because it's through USA Rugby and there's different divisions. For example, we're a division two team. And it's not really an NCAA sport. So varsity just means that you have funding, but then you can also be like a D1 or a D2 school. And there can be varsity programs within those. But for the most part, it's primarily a club sport. And anyone who attends the university can then join the team. And there aren't really cuts and stuff along those lines. So it's pretty, there's a lot of gray area in there.
0: Is that the same in other countries or is that just unique to the United
1: States? It's unique to the U.S. We like being different.
0: <laughs> Huzzah. Because I, I feel like in, in other countries, the way my sister describes it is that it it's on par with um, sports here like basketball or soccer or et cetera in terms of organization and funding and money and all that stuff. Is that
2: right? Yeah. So I think popularity wise as well, just because um, I know when I left Northern California, the programs there were just starting to build um, to get like real amounts of people who really wanted, were really interested and really wanted to play um, versus other countries. It's got an established tradition and it's very much on par with like the popularity of basketball and football here.
0: Yeah do you do you ever get any weird responses when people when you tell people you play rugby just because it is kind of an unusual not unusual but it's a less common sport for people to play and I feel like especially people associate rugby with with not smaller women
2: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we get a fair amount of. Uh- a lot of people either don't know what rugby is or uh, we, as women, we get a fair amount of like, but you're too pretty to play rugby. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, definitely get an uh, interesting response from a lot I of people.
0: I wonder where that comes from. Is it like the idea that if you're super pretty, if someone touches you, they like melt and that's why you can't play a contact sport?
1: Yeah, okay. I don't know. Or they think we're going <laughs> to get pretty. like severely defaced by playing rugby and i just don't understand like of course we'll have bruises and black eyes sometimes but it's not permanent and it's kind of a battle scar so like i'm sorry if i can't show how badass i am it's it's very interesting
0: it's one of those compliments that is is not really a compliment
1: <laughs> yeah there is a time it's like implying that ugly ugly people
0: can can be defaced <laughs> No problem.
1: Right. It's very strange. I was carrying rugby pads the other day, and this middle-aged man comes up to me. He's like, oh, what are those for fighting? And I was like, no, I play rugby. And he's like, oh, well, you look too good to play rugby. And I was just like, I don't know what to respond to you, sir. Like, should I tell you that you're being sexist or just nod my head and say, thanks, asshole? (laughs) did you get
0: similar responses when you played other sports or have you found that you get that more when it comes to rugby?
2: Definitely more when it comes to rugby. I mean, personally, I've been playing volleyball for most of my life and then I did competitive swimming as well. So those were sports where like volleyball, you're expected to almost as a girl, like, Oh, of course you play volleyball. Like, especially in California, it's such a big sport there. Um, And same with swimming. Like it didn't really matter that you were a girl, like, and it's California. So everyone swims. So not a big deal, but rugby was definitely a totally different response.
1: Yeah, I've had the same with that. I, uh, I ran in high school and I also played lacrosse and those are pretty well accepted, especially because with lacrosse, girls wear skirts and have goggles. So it sort of separates it and makes it more available as a women's sport.
0: Seems I like the be. goggles.
1: Goggles make it more. Yeah, I don't know. It makes you safe and protect your beautiful face. God forbid the eyeballs. That's actually I have had my face stepped on, so I understand the goggles.
0: Fair. I mean, have have you all been injured while playing rugby?
2: Um. Yeah, uh, I'm um, still recovering from a concussion. Technically, right now. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely happened. So.
0: And do you have any excellent war stories?
2: Um, personally, no. Uh,
0: Other than just a slight concussion. (laughs) No big deal.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, you've had a couple black eyes, Haley.
1: Yeah, I've had black eyes. I broke my, like the tip of my middle finger, which made for a good x-ray, but, um, it was pretty uneventful (laughs) when it happened. It was my fault. Um, but I did, when I had my face stepped on, it was during a match, and it was completely like a controlled thing. It wasn't intentional. And it just happened that I was on the ground, and the girl who cleated my face thought that my face was the ground. So ooh, there was ooh. a lot of blood, and people on the sideline thought that my eye had fallen out, which is just oh, ridiculous. <laughs> totally <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and she's not wearing goggles (sighs) oh man um but then by the time they like wiped the blood off my face it's a super small cut like less than a centimeter it just was near a blood vessel or something uh and that resulted in a nice black eye i got free drinks on the airplane home so you know it was all right (laughs) no crazy war stories though like it's all pretty controlled Pretty minor.
0: Have you ever hurt someone else?
1: I know I've hurt people's (laughs) dignity, but, like, (laughs) not their body. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I feel like I've never
1: really hurt
2: someone, like, as much as, like, a bruise or anything. But, um, yeah, we had a teammate who accidentally broke someone's nose on the field once. Um, But, uh, yeah, so... (laughs)
0: What's the response? I guess um, I'm imagining when I was younger, my sister, I I think my sister's broken lots of people's things before. But she, I think, hurt someone really bad by kicking a ball really hard or tackled it. I don't remember what it was. But she hurt someone, and I remember, like, watching her deal with, like, emotionally processing that someone is going to be injured for several weeks because of something that she did. Do you ever see that on your team when someone accidentally, I'm assuming most of the time it's accidental. I don't imagine many people are out there purposely trying to break people's middle fingers.
1: Yeah, I would say that it's uh, the game itself. The players on each team, they have a lot of respect for each other. So no one's out there trying to injure anyone. And the rules are really formulated around safety. So when someone does get hurt, it's usually through, an experience or an accident no one's trying to intentionally hurt you um so there's that and i it is really difficult i would imagine when you do hurt someone because you feel bad but on the same note like rugby's it really does value respect so you would talk to that person after the game and then probably keep checking up on them to make sure they're doing all right
0: yeah oh, cool so just like like hey, how's your how's your face? I know I smashed it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're all friends here.
2: <laughs> we like we all know it wasn't on purpose because like we've all had that moment where you're like, oh shoot, like I I made that tackle a little bit too hard or something. Um, like I'm so sorry. Or you like help each other up on the field. Like it's it's definitely a really friendly sport. So everyone knows that you're not out there like on purpose to hurt someone.
0: Have you ever played against a team that? that did seem like they were out there to to do some harm.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: What's the uh what's the usual response? I guess in like the rugby community when teams like that are are discovered or played against.
1: Um I think the usual response if it's in game, the sir if they have good control over the game, they'll start calling penalties and talk to the individual players and the coaches to make sure that whatever dirty stuff is happening stops. But there are times that games get out of control. And at that point, it's either on the will of the team that's not playing dirty to just sort of back out and be like, hey, we're not going to keep playing if you keep doing this. Or there's some times where you just have to keep going and try and change the strategy of your game so you can avoid all of the possible harm. Is
0: there any, like, social... Because from what I gather, from rugby is like a super community-based sport. It seems like there's a lot of socializing after after competitions. Is there any social repercussions against teams who kind of are doing unsafe physical contact?
2: Um, I mean, we haven't actually, I don't think we've socialized with teams that we felt have done that not on purpose but like usually (laughs) when it comes to playing teams like that it tends to be a more like tournament style so there's less socializing going on because um there's a lot of rugby and people then have to get back to where they're from um so there's not as much time for that but um, I think in a certain sense there sort of is I mean you definitely like sense the tension like socially if you know you were an absolute asshole on the field so
1: yeah. I also think that that differs a little bit between collegiate rugby and if you're playing on like a women's or men's club team, because with collegiate rugby, there's uh like rugby's known for its party culture and that you have like the big third half following the game. And that doesn't really happen with the university teams because it's not warranted by the university. It's breaking all of the honor codes. And a lot of people aren't of age to drink, so it's better just not to partake in those practices, whereas, like, if you're on a men's or women's club team, there's going to be a social after the game, and if you were wrong in the game to play someone dirty, like, you'll know at the social. <laughs> <laughs> people will, will give you the stink eye? Yeah, or, you know, make you chug or a those- beer or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oh no. It's the worst. That's right, right. Very brutal punishments because it's such a brutal sport. Oh no.
2: <laughs> yeah. I would argue the only tradition that would be like unfortunate in rugby culture revolving alcohol is the shoot the boot, which is when you take someone's shoe and you fill it up with alcohol and oh. somebody has to drink
0: that. <laughs> oh no. no. <laughs> uh such ugh. oh man. It's so gross.
1: <laughs>
0: what if you get what if you get athlete's foot in your throat?
1: That would be unfortunate, but you know,
0: <laughs> it's the price you pay. You got to do it. <laughs> the real violence in rugby is, is to your liver, is that?
1: <laughs> for some, for some it may be. <laughs> there are definitely social clubs where that is the case. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, oh wow so like you you've mentioned before that that rugby can seem pretty intimidating or confusing from the outside has it has it been difficult at Tulane to recruit women to play?
1: um yes and no I think uh after the past couple of years where we've established ourselves uh it's become less challenging because we have a name on campus and people kind of understand what we do, but every, like we currently recruited 18 rookies for this upcoming season and that's awesome. And we're so excited to have them. Um, but previously we've had a lot of trouble with it because you're trying to recruit these people and they're new to college and they want to make themselves the best they can be at college. And oftentimes that isn't partaking in what seems to be a very violent sport, which with some like real rowdy aggressive girls. <laughs> Maybe that's not what your like first impression of college me is going to be.
2: <laughs> and there's I think there's a large part of also the fact that we are a women's club, I that a lot of women tend to believe that it's not the sport for them because it is so physical. I and I think we try to emphasize a lot that anybody can play rugby. It's it's not totally dependent on um what sports you've played in the past even uh how you are now it's and a lot of people come in with inexperience and I think that's usually one of the biggest drawbacks for people Is like oh I've never played before oh I don't know about this contact thing um and so yeah so we try to emphasize that it's you know everyone comes in that way so uh
0: what what's kind of your strategy for for recruiting new girls like where do you go is there certain areas that are popular hotspots for recruiting new people?
1: So what we do is there are two main recruitment events at Tulane in the fall. And one of those is like Riley Rocks, which is the big campus recreation freshman event that they put on the first week of school. And we have a table there and try and pick out people from the crowd who look interested and athletic. And then there's also an activities expo where every club at the university has a table if they want to be there and you just try and recruit people from this massive crowd. Um, and that's kind of a shot in the dark, but it's also pretty fun and exciting. And you get email lists of like a hundred people and then maybe 10% of them show up to practice. Um, but another interesting thing that happens to us is We actually do a lot of our recruiting through sororities. We have quite a few members of the team in sororities and then their sorority sisters see what they're doing and they're like, oh, that seems pretty interesting and fun. And then they join and they get more friends to join. So what does separate us from other teams is we're full of sorority girls.
0: Oh, wow. Is that atypical for rugby?
1: It is because rugby in itself sort of achieves what a sorority tries to achieve is just this really close-knit group of girls with similar goals.
0: So they're kind of like doubling down on on sisterhood.
1: You get so many <laughs> sisters, it's not even funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, wow. So how did the, was there like one sorority girl that started it all? Or, uh...
2: um, I, I think it was more group. Because for us, at least at Tulane, the sorority rush season is in the spring. We don't actually rush in the fall. Um, so you would join, we had a bunch of girls, my freshman year at least, uh, we had a bunch of girls join, like you, Haley, and um, a couple others. And they ended up going into the rush season, and they all ended up in the same sorority pretty much. So it, <laughs> that's how we kind of started the sorority recruitment method.
0: I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know when my sister told me that, shamefully, I was like, no, that makes that makes no sense. Because I, I think there's such hard – there's such ingrained stereotypes about who is a sorority girl and who is a rugby girl, and they often do seem, like, incompatible, which was really shameful for me to realize as soon as I, I told my sister I was surprised. I felt like an asshat, but <laughs> it, it – as someone whose sister is both extremely athletic and physical and also very feminine,
1: um, <laughs> I was like, well, of course, that makes totally sense. I think it's just sort of showcasing that stereotypes really don't hold true, especially when it's related to gender and gender norms. And I think a lot of people can learn from it, actually. People who might not be so versed on gender as like a topic of study or necessarily like They don't see gender differences in day-to-day life. I think this is a good example of that because it shoots down the stereotype of what a sorority girl is. And it also kills the stereotype of what a female rugby player is. And it sort of shows that one girl doesn't fit all. And these activities take all different sorts of girls
0: yeah, I definitely heard people say before that they weren't. I think the phrase was they weren't queer, queer enough or aggressive enough to play rugby. I was wondering if you've you've ever had to respond to statements like that from women you are trying to recruit.
2: Um, I mean, I think there is a big stereotype around rugby, and that most rugby women are supposed to be like butch lesbians, essentially, uh, which obviously not all of us are. Uh, <laughs> variety in rugby so I uh, but yeah there's a lot of like especially around women's rugby there's a lot of the idea that all of women's rugby players are gay and like you know that we have to be a part of another culture kind of to be a part of this one um, and I think rugby has its own culture and stuff it's not aligned with any particular group
1: um, it's kind of just like you know
2: whoever you are you're welcome. So.
1: And I think rugby is this really cool, accepting space for everyone because it really doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is, what you do in your free time. Everyone's there just because they fucking love rugby. And that's something you come together around and you go on the field and you battle with your teammates and they're your people. So you're going to support every single person on your team. And if people give them crap for what they do in their daily life well hell yeah we're going to stand up for them and support them and make sure that people you know it's just an, a cool like safe accepting space which seems to be really fun and we're a pretty diverse group
0: now I want t-shirts that say like my sexual
1: orientation is rugby I. that's great we need those <laughs> <laughs> you've got uh, our new marketing scheme <laughs>
2: Yeah.
0: I just really like t-shirts. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh we love you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so in terms of sorority stuff, has there ever Do you have any funny stories about kind of code switching between being a rugby player and then switching modes and going into like sorority sister activities?
1: I don't know necessarily any like really funny stories. I would say though, you can always tell the rugby girls at a date party from the other girls, especially if it's during like our season, because we'll all have bruises. <laughs> and it's just like this rough and tumble look of like really beautiful girls all dressed up in great heels, but they have some nice bruises on their legs. And so we joke about that. But it's also funny because we'll be in our rugby uniforms. And we're throwing up our sorority hand signs all the time. Um, and <laughs> that's just always a beautiful contradiction.
0: <laughs> no, I I mean, I love that. I think oftentimes people don't associate femininity with, with being violent or aggressive.
1: Maybe. And they should. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fems are monstrous, don't they know? <laughs> where do you think, I guess, where do you think these stereotypes about rugby girls come from?
1: Um, I think it comes from the idea that women
2: typically aren't seen to be very aggressive. Like we're usually more of the uh, talkers in stereotypes and stuff. And so, being a woman aggressive on the field usually, like by the stereotype, should mean that she's like somehow more violent or somehow more masculinized um, for doing this sport. But I think since we all obviously prove that's not true necessarily, I I think. That's what I
0: where they come from, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my brain is going so fast. <laughs> <Nobody> <laughs> so many, to people. <laughs> so many It goes so fast, and then you freeze. <laughs> there are too many options. Have Have you felt any? So I guess by participating in this. Slightly more violent sport has that affected you off the field at all, or how has it affected you?
1: I think it totally has, and in the best ways possible because it's been a really empowering experience for me and i've it's actually led me to take a couple classes in college about gender and I'm currently doing research on gender and politics and that's really exciting because I don't think I would have gotten into that if it weren't for rugby. And it's also made me a more aggressive person as your sister always tells us, you don't get what you don't ask for. <laughs> so it's made me realize that really, if you're striving for something and you know people, it's best to ask for things or at least put a word out there because people can't read your mind to know what you want or what you want to achieve. So it's good to verbalize these goals and Sort of, it, I think it's going to be great experience for when we graduate and enter the workplace, and we can be strong women who know how to work in teams and work with others, but also keep that sense of ourself in doing so. Um, so it's actually been really rewarding, and, uh, yeah, I think it's it's great. I get excited and sort of like get the goosebumps whenever I think about it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Also argue that it's like a huge stress reliever because, like, I know that you know, sometimes during the week, like, it's work or it's school, and it's super frustrating sometimes. And then you get to the rugby field and you get to like let all of that go and just like, you know, put your body through the paces, kind of, and like do the work, put in the effort and stuff, and you see the results. And so, it's just it's one of those things that makes you feel a lot more centered and calm almost, which is weird. Um, but I get like the same feeling from like yoga and rugby. Uh, two very different things but they both like elicit the same reaction so
0: <laughs> that's super funny uh, man I like this rugby and yoga <laughs> feeling stressed go tackle yeah. someone and then do downward dog
1: <laughs> I will say as recovery after games we do yoga sometimes and it sucks <laughs> It's. man, it does great things for your body, but it also puts me in this sense of pain and realizing every muscle in my body. And I'm just like, Oh, let me go to bed, please. (laughs) In in
0: terms of asking or asking for things, Haley, you were recently in, in Thailand
1: and looking
0: for rugby experiences.
1: Is that, is that right? Yes, that's correct. So Uh, last fall I studied abroad in Northeastern Thailand and I thought it was going to be a larger city than it was, but it was pretty small. (laughs) Uh, and I grew to like it, but I had a lot of free time and I don't do well with free time. So I was getting my morning waffle at the market with (laughs) coconut in it. It was real good. And I was in my school uniform, which we had to have. So it was like a calf length pleated black skirt and a crisp white button down with short sleeves and the sleeves barely fit my arms. Not because I'm ripped just because I apparently have big arms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, so you're just trundling along in your schoolgirl, girl. Yeah, looking like a total fool. And <laughs> um, I see this kid on his motorcycle kid, I, college kid um, with a bag of rugby balls. And I was like, oh my God, this is my chance. So I ran up to him in my skirt, just sprinting across the street. And at this point, it was after I was just in Thailand. I really didn't know much Thai yet. So I was sitting there trying to communicate with him. And I'm like, half Thai, half English, not making any sense. But I was like, dude, I need to play rugby with you. Can I please play rugby? I know how to play. I want to play with you guys. And he was very confused. Uh, probably very terrified as to like who this is, because not only am I breaking gender norms now, I'm also like totally breaking these Thai cultural norms. So it was confusing on so many levels and just new. And eventually he was like, yeah, okay, you can come to practice. So he adds me on Facebook and a bunch of other Thai guys add me on Facebook and they all start a group chat and they're saying hey to me and eventually tell me when practice is for me to come out. So I was like, all right, let's do this. And I went out to the first practice and realized that they were all new to rugby. And they had never really played before. So I kind of turned into this coach for them who didn't speak their language. So that was another (laughs) great learning experience through rugby. And I sort of was teaching them all of these different things. I was coming out to practice, I think it was two times a week for a couple of weeks. and then. There was one practice we started talking about tackling and rucking, and they wanted me to do an example, so I hit this guy and just tackled him. It was normal form, but they were surprised that I would actually go into contact with one of these guys, and following that experience, they stood me up and no longer let me practice with them and told me that the practice times were at different times when they were actually practicing. So that was sort of a bummer. And actually, going back to what Emma was saying about yoga earlier, instead of playing rugby, I took up yoga while I was in Thailand after (laughs) they stood me up. (laughs) Um, So that it was a great experience. And it's interesting how international rugby is.
0: Yeah, just that it's everywhere you go, you can kind of find pockets of it.
1: Yeah. But if we also, if we really want to talk about violence here, um, because we were in a pretty rural place in Thailand where they don't have that much knowledge of rugby, I was watching They had games one day, so I went to watch the games. I was the only person in like a section of bleachers screaming at them in English, making no sense to anyone. And. This one guy had this beautiful breakaway down the field and he's running and I thought he was about to score the try, but then he has someone chasing him and I thought he was going to tackle him. So he's coming in to tackle him and this tie guy with the ball just punched him in the face. (laughs) And I was sitting at the bleachers and I'm like, what? No way! And the referee didn't call a thing. He scored the try. They thought it was great. And I'm sitting there freaking the hell out. I was just like, what the heck? What like this is a great thing? They stood me up. I don't want to be punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was wild, totally wild. Um, and so that made me really thankful that rugby is really growing in the U.S. and people are learning the rules and safety because it's great. It's it's a violent game, but it's controlled violence.
0: Yeah, I mean it's. It's one of those things that it seems like the violence is very. Um, what's the what's the dance phrase? Not coordinated, uh, choreographed almost. It's kind of like choreographed in a certain way, but then like once you leave the field, that those rules don't apply anymore. Also, does that make sense? Like there's certain rules that are very specific when you're on the field, but then when you leave, it's not like you leave thinking that like oh I can tackle, I should tackle. Oh. That guy has that last loaf of bread in the grocery store.
2: <laughs> Definitely very limited to the field. <laughs> so,
0: Do you ever get people who think that you, like, regularly are going out punching people in the face as oh. a result of wanting to
1: play rugby? There are people that kind of think that we get into bar fights or, like, you know, <laughs> I get the question more often than not, which is, like, have you ever gotten in a fight with anyone? And it's like, yeah. bro, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> and it has
2: nothing to do with rugby. So it's always just like, oh, are you aggressive like outside of rugby? You must be like super like kind of like a fighting person and like, really violent. And it's like, no, that's not true. We only really hit anyone on the field. So, and even that's like, I mean, it's dedicated to laws and stuff, so...
0: What do you think makes it uh, feel OK for you to, um, I guess, like aggressively, physically be in contact with other humans on a rugby field, but then like switch into not wanting to physically be aggressive with people off the field? Like, how do you it's kind of a strange question, but it's like, how do you why do you think that difference exists for you?
1: I think that kind of ties into your whole purpose of the podcast is that it's a game. and people are under this mutual understanding that it's a game and while you're in the game, you go along with the rules of the game and then when you're out of the game, you're back to normal life. Um, and everyone has the mutual understanding that the rules apply when you're in those 80 minutes of rugby and not elsewhere because that would be weird.
2: <laughs> it's because you know we have the rules and stuff we have the laws so they and they're meant to keep people safe so like the violence you're theoretically on the field is not it's not like malintentioned it's something that everybody's agreed on and it's uh structured in such a way that we learn how to keep people safe while tackling them and so it's like you know you're not going out intending to hurt someone whereas like violence off the field would be intending to hurt someone.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, I love this idea of um, kind of different kinds of violence, because I think oftentimes when people say, like, oh, this is so violent, all violence is kind of cast with the same, like, hue. But there really are different vibes when it comes to, like, violence, and I'm using violence in terms of, like, aggressive physical contact, because we, we don't think of... Violence that's agreed upon by both parties as being bad violence, but it's still kind of violent in a way. I mean, anything that you can leave with a concussion or broken nose or a black eye is is kind of violent. But it's not like unethical violence, which is, I think, what people are afraid of most of the time, which is the malintentioned violence, I think, that Emma mentioned.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I think there's... There's still like when people haven't been exposed to rugby and they're seeing it for the first time, sometimes it can look a lot like because like Katie said earlier, it looks very chaotic because so the violence can look like it's malintention just because it's it doesn't seem to have order, but like once you know the game and you understand it, like there is a lot of order in how you act out like against the other team and how you play the game. So,
0: like, oh I love that. It's such a good lesson about like what you see is not always what's happening. That's so weird, but like, uh, and Emma, you play video games, so you might have a similar experience too. With when you like shoot people in the face in video games, it's a very specific video game moment, and you're not running around trying to shoot people in the face at the grocery store.
2: Yeah, if I'm gonna punch someone in a game or whatever, like in a video game, not realize <laughs> I don't punch people in the road, but, um, but it was very different. Like, I'm not. I'm not hurting anyone in real life, and it's it's not real. Like it's animated violence, and so it's not a real life thing. And so it's like very different than maybe enacting that in real
0: life would be. Uh, yeah, I know. I I I always run back to like the things that people think that they see are not always what's going on. So they might see a bunch of like girls running around with bruises and bloody nose i don't know how often you run around i don't think you can run around with a bloody nose i think you have to stop you that just throw some tampons
1: but- up there and then it's okay <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: uh, oh, yes, femininity for the win
2: <laughs> no we have a casual reference to like blood subs where you can step off the field for a hot second like if um let's say you have like a cut and it's like bleeding a lot or whatever um for whatever reason, like, you hit the ground a little hard or something like that, uh, and so you, can, you have a moment to, like, stop bleeding and somebody else will play for you while you do that. Um,
0: so, yeah. I mean, you know, we try to keep each other safe. <laughs> yeah, but people see that, and I, I don't know, I, and I, myself included, you see that, and you think it's, like, just pure, I don't know, just, like, I don't know, beastliness, but then, like, I, in actuality, you all are quite aware of what's going on. And it's quite a uh, diverse group of people. I don't know. I I think because you work so well together as a team, it often seems like you're a monolith, but that's not the case at all. There's maybe some of you afterwards are going on a hot date and like six inch heels and a miniskirt.
1: (laughs) It happens. I personally, you know, your sister is a big fan of wearing skirts, not miniskirts, but she does rock the skirts. So like rugby players can wear pencil skirts. It's exciting.
0: I know, and apparently my sister can can win tournaments she in a pencil skirt. She <laughs>
1: can kick in them, too, which, like, if I kicked in a pencil skirt, I would rip that thing in half, but go, Jess.
0: <laughs> Fool, this is, like, just bragging about my sister. For for the audience, my sister won some sort of kicking competition in Ireland, like, at a rugby like tournament. the Women's Rugby World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, so there was, like, a who can kick the fastest. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And she pretty much like broke the machine because it was so fast. <laughs> I keep saying
0: this is explaining why I never could win at a fight when we were growing up. It was <laughs> It was over before it started. It just, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> oh, that's so good. Well I guess for for folks who maybe are looking at it and being nervous or apprehensive or for people who don't know anything about it, do you have any suggestions for how someone can get into rugby?
1: Um, I think a good way to get involved in rugby is there are a lot of different routes that you can take, and rugby is very community-based. So any city or town should have a rugby team, and within that rugby team, there will be all of these uh, like different entities. So like New Orleans has a bunch of different men's teams, and then a women's team, college teams, and everyone knows each other because it's a big family. But if you don't want to play contact rugby, there's also touch rugby leagues that pop up. And touch rugby is really fun, and it's also an international game, so you can compete at touch rugby as well. And then if you play touch rugby long enough, people will convince you, like, hey, you should probably start playing Contact. Um, So everyone who's within the community wants you to play, and they'll find out what works best for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, like, even, like, just, like, reaching out to these people and, like, talking to them, like, about their experience playing rugby is really important also. And, like, going to see a game even, like, watching it and, like, really looking at it and seeing how the players, like, react both, like, during the game and after the game, I think says a lot about the sport. Um, and a lot about, like, how we treat each other as, like, I mean, we are a one big family and everything, and you are really friendly with other teams who come in to play you and stuff, and that's just a part of the community and that's a part of rugby, like social life um and so yeah i think it's really important just to be exposed to it you
0: know? i think that's so beautiful to act to tell people to look at how people act off the field um instead of concentrating on maybe the scary parts that are on that are visual during the game i had never i never thought of that that's actually really beautiful
2: i don't think it's like you'll see someone who like Let's say like the two people got engaged in like a really like hard tackle or whatever, you'll see them after the game and they'll probably be like chatting with each other, laughing. Like it's it's just like a part of the game and we all know that. And, and we're all willing to do it. So <laughs> it's a
0: great- That's so cool. If someone wanted to get involved at Tulane, what would be what would be the best way to do it?
1: What I would say would be to reach out to me personally. Um, if you hit up our Facebook page, you can always send us a message, and myself or someone else on the administrative board will respond to you pretty quick and just come out to a practice. Also, if you're at Tulane and you see us practicing on the quad and you want to come play with us, just come over and talk to us, and then you can play. It's pretty simple, and it's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're nice people, and I think that goes for everyone who plays rugby. Uh, if to make a generalization, I think everyone is a very nice person.
0: Aww. I like nice generalizations. Yeah, they're good. i find fine with charity <laughs> of interpretations are always, are always my favorite. That's exciting. Well, before we sign off, do you have any any parting thoughts on rugby that you'd like to share with the audience?
2: Um, I think just, like, <laughs> emphasizing that we're, like, a really open community. You know, we're really... We're here for everyone who's interested and everyone who wants to get involved, whether that's as a spectator, a touch rugby player, or a contact rugby player. Um, you know, there really is a spot for everyone. And we're not, like, in an exclusive group or anything by any means. So everybody's welcome.
1: And I really agree with Emma on that. And I want to build on that, where if you're listening to this and you want to get involved with rugby, you don't live in New Orleans, but you need to find a team you can still reach out to us and rugby people seem to know everyone and we can put you in touch with someone anywhere in the country and find you a team and they will be so happy to have you. Aww.
0: Oh, that's so nice. Uh, that's very cute. Yeah. I, I'm i going to add that. Like if you're sitting around and you're like, Oh, I'm too, too feminine for this sport. I won't fit in. I'm going to say to, to put that aside. And try it out. As someone whose sister is extremely into the into the fem, and also I know if you're if you're super butch, also do it. Just anyone.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's all for you. It is. And, <laughs> and also, like all shapes and sizes. I'm five two for Christ's sake, and I still play rugby. If you're shorter than me, you can still play. If you're six seven, whatever, anyone can play.
2: <laughs> there is a spot for everyone. We're not exaggerating when we play. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I, I love physical. I'm not, I'm not so great at physical sports, but I, I think there's something about participating in a really physical game that gives you an appreciation and an understanding of your body that I, I think is really empowering to watch. Like just from witnessing my sister and kind of how she relates to physical activity is so much different than I think how I do. And that I've had to work a lot harder at at some sort of semblance of like understanding about what my body is capable of. I'm I'm still not quite sure what is ca- it's an untapped
1: resource as of, yeah. <laughs> as of right now, working on it. It is pretty yeah. incredible what a body can do, I will say. <laughs>
2: I think, like especially during those 80 minutes of rugby, you really discover like how far you can push yourself and like how much like how physically fit you are and like what you are capable of. Like I think that's really something that comes out in rugby.
0: Yeah, and I, I I love that the bravery that you all I mean because I think it's brave to tackle someone uh, or to oh. to to make to take risks on the field. Yeah. Um, the bravery I think really translates over. The violence isn't what transfers over. I think it's like the bravery and sense of accomplishment that really sticks with you when you leave the field. Not necessarily the the desire for physical contact. Because um, hanging out with you girls, I've, I've hung out a few times, and it's just. I'm going to echo your statement that you all seem like super nice, um, excited people. I'm assuming you have conflicts, as, as all humans do, <laughs> it's part of being human. But, like, you all seem very exuberant, but exuberant in different ways. Um, some of you were quieter, some of you were louder, but all very, I think, content with where you were as people. And I think that's really beautiful, and I, I hope a lot of people get to experience that. You're doing good work. Good job. Hey, thanks. Cool. Well, on that note, my, my wonderful audience, uh, we are going to sign off for the day. Um, hit me up with your, what you know about rugby. I'm actually curious for my audience members who are listening. If you had any expectations for rugby and the kinds of people that played rugby, um, I'd love to hear about what those are. Maybe I'm totally offbeat and I had, different expectations about what rugby was than everyone else in the world. I have no idea. I'm going to find out. Uh, and on that note, thank you so much, Haley and Emma, for coming on and sharing your stories of rugby with me. I think it's super badass that you were like, yeah, sure, we'll come on a gaming podcast.
2: <laughs> well, thanks, thanks for having, for having us. On. We love to talk about rugby.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. And anyone listening, if you're interested in rugby, hit us up. We'll be around. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and good luck on, on your next season. I know y'all have a history of badassness, and I'm looking forward to seeing that badassness happen this year, win or lose. Thank you, thank you. We are, too. It'll be fun. It's always fun playing. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, I will talk to y'all soon, and uh goodbye. Bye. Bye.